Welcome. Hello. Live from the treehouse in Phoenix, Arizona. Hello, Mark Checkmark. Sir Christopher Peralta, a.k.a. Woodsy. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing? Excellent. Welcome to A Not Conscious, everybody. Today, we had a pretty awesome interview. Or Actually, I don't even call it an interview. It was, conversa- it was a great conversation. It was a conversation. We don't do interviews. We're not those people. Don't be that guy. Uh, <laughs> we had a great conversation with a Mr. Brian Prop. He is one of only 90 people to ever score 1,000 points in the NHL. He's a hockey legend, Philadelphia Flyer legend. Watermark was so in love with him when he came on. <laughs> he was so happy over there. Or to like we were starting chanting, let's go Flyers. No, we <laughs> we were not. We were not. I did my best to not fanboy too much. I, I hope I didn't sound too gushy. You were good, dude. I, you were better. I, yes. I know, but thank you. Yes, yeah, some great questions. <laughs> you are better that one time, man. Remember that one time? Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, but it was phenomenal. Thank you, Chris, for, for being on that ride. Um, learned some really interesting things. Absolutely. And you'll hear the interview in a second. Uh Chris, any final thoughts? On I appreciate that? you um, busting your butt to get Mister Proper on the show because I think w- everything he had to say about his career and his his injury after he retired and his recovery—it's an amazing story. And I think to bring awareness to stroke victims is is very important, and head injuries as well is something that is important to both of us. And some of the alternative therapies that he does still. I think we should all look into, and I think those are really cool things that we could bring up to everybody. So I appreciate you working so hard to do all that. Thank you. And a special thank you does go out to my brother. He's actually the one who has the connection. He's the one who connected us. So thank you for that. Uh, On the show notes, we will be having an affiliate link for uh, the Gaffaw cigars that are charity driven as well. Which we Uh, did order today. Which we also ordered today. Um, So... Once again, this is Brian Prop, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Mr. Prop. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your background and where you grew up and how you got to where you got. We'd love to hear your story, so please feel free to share away. Yeah, so my name is uh, Brian Prop. Uh, I grew up in Saskatchewan in Canada. Uh, that's in the middle of Canada. So I had my, my dad was a Lutheran minister. And she, she, he preached, preached in German and English every week. And so I didn't uh, learn uh, German, but uh, I, I would earn, 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 it was okay after that. And I have two brothers and two sisters that were all 13 months apart. So at the start, we had our own hockey team because we only had uh, 300 <laughs> people in the town. So, uh, you know, that way it made it, made it, made it much better for us to, to play uh, hockey together and grow up together. And, uh, you know, it's a sim- simple life. We just on, lived on the farm and the plain, plains where it was very cold. And January and February it was minus 40 below every, um, every day. And so we, all you had to do was skate and go to school. And in the summer, you, you played some sports and uh, you just had some fun. Uh, so for me, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty easy because, uh, you know, you didn't know anything. Uh, you just grew up the way you were and uh, you, you, you wanted to uh, make an impact in your life. And then when I was 15, my dad uh, taught me like all the basics of hockey. And I, I, I turned out to be a good hockey player. So when I was 15, I played for the Melville Millionaires. Uh, in in uh, in Saskatchewan, it was a junior team, and I set the records for points. And uh, it was uh, I smacked all the the records records and and were the MVP. And but I, that's I didn't know any better. I, I just had fun and uh, played hockey. But my dad taught me how to be a, a good sport, how to give back, and how to be humble. And so that's what I learned from him. And it made a big difference for me, too. And then uh, after that, I played uh, three years for the Brandon, uh, no, Brandon Wheat Kings in uh, Manitoba, uh, which is the World Hockey, Western Hockey League. And uh, we had powerful teams. And then, you know, that uh, I remember when I uh, started with the Brandon, uh, Dunk McCollin was my coach. 
He played in the NHL for 15 years, and he taught us how to to work hard and to, you know, do things a little better so that you get get ready to be in the pros. But I also had a couple of really good friends, Ray Allison and Brad McCrimmon, uh, that played with me for the last three years at, at that time. And, uh, and unfortunately, Brad uh, died in a plane crash like eight years ago. Uh, and Ray Allison, he still is uh, with me uh, in Cherry Hill. And so I see him quite often. So it's just nice to keep up with the people that uh, we started our lives with. And uh, we had uh, good teams in Brandon. Uh, my first season, we only lost 12 games. My second season, we only lost eight games. And wow. my final season, we only lost five games, if you can imagine that. That's how powerful That's our team was. That was wow. pretty amazing. It's interesting. I, I just pulled you, I pulled up the Mel, Melvin Millionaires, and you scored 75 goals and 92 assists for 168 points in 57 games. Yeah, I had a good coach, you know, because at that <laughs> year, it was uh, Jerry James, who was a, uh, he, he won a Stanley Cup in Toronto, and he also was a football player. He was a kick hipper, kicker. So he he kind of he 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 learned from football how to put the uh, the prepare and how they put the lines together, how they organize everything. So we were way ahead uh, of where it was in the, in in the, at that time. That's amazing. I mean, it's just so. Did you win the championship all three years with them? Uh, no. So what? You know, my my first year in the playoffs in, in Malville, like we we lost, and then uh, my my three other years, like we lost again. Uh, but at the, the the final season, like we we lost it overtime and uh, the Memorial Cup, which is a big deal. And uh, you know, so but you know, we 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 did as well as we could. We were happy to be where we were, and uh, you know it was uh, it was good for me. And uh, and then uh, after that, because we did so well, and and I scored a lot in the in the juniors, then I got drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers in 1979. And so that was uh, when the league merged. Uh, there was only one league, and it was the NHL. Uh, before it was the World Hockey Association and the NHL. And so, you know, you know I, I didn't know any better. I just, just did what I was told. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have any bargaining power out at that time because there's only one league. And so, you know, I ended up only making 60, 65, and 70,000 my first three years. Otherwise, it could have been like 150 or more at that time, which was huge. Uh, but now, now it's a lot different. Now the guys are making millions of dollars and, and uh, they don't have to work as hard for everything that you have. But, <laughs> How uh, old were you when you got drafted? I was 19. Wow. And was how, and so when that happened, how was that, was that expected of you? Was that, I mean, did you assume that was going to happen at that young of an age? Uh, well, yeah, well, I was one of the best players in, in the league, uh, okay. for, for juniors at that time. And, uh, but when the league merged, then it, it changed to an 18-year-old draft, too. So a couple other players were drafted ahead of me, like Lori Boschman, who played for me in Brandon, and okay. Ray Bork, uh, who won the, uh, the rookie of the year that year. Okay. Uh, but I was, I was happy that, you know, a couple people that I, I know, like the, the scouts before, they said that I was a bad lever, a bad liver, and so I, I drank too much. And so, so that, that's why they passed on my, uh, otherwise I would have been uh, drafted in the top five. Uh, but it actually ended up worked out better for me because I became to, went to the Philadelphia Flyers where I, I was in the playoffs my first 13 years success, consecutively. Wow. And so that's, uh, you know, made a big difference for me just being there uh, with, uh, you know, just with the Flyers and then uh, playing with uh, Bobby Clark uh, as a leader and, and me, I, I, I worked the same as uh, Bob, Bob Clark. Uh, you know, we, we were from the West and we kind of knew how to win. And uh, so for me, it was really, uh, you know, nice for me just to get where I was. But, I, you know, at that time, like I was working on the farm. I didn't even know what, when I got drafted and, and who to. And so I, I got a call from the Philadelphia Flyers 
that I was got drafted. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's okay, because I wasn't big on following hockey. And uh, a lot of the other guys were, but, uh, you know, for me, it was just uh, really good for them, uh, you know, to get them drafted. And, uh, and then I started right at the start and, uh, and I played from right there. That's great. Uh, but I think the important question is, what, it, what was your drink of choice? <laughs> well, it was beer, of course, uh, the Canadian beer. Like, there's a good, good beer, uh, like uh, Labatt's. I, I like nice. Labatt's. Yes. Uh, now, you know, and, you know, of course, you know, when you're young, you, you just, you, you had fun. And, and, you know, after my stroke uh, five years ago, like, I, I stopped drinking uh, like uh, four years ago. So just to be a little healthier, but, uh, you know, I was, uh, I like a beer every once in a while, but n- not anymore, but, uh, you know, but it was, it was good. And, and, you know, the first year, uh, you know, in, in the, for the flyers, uh, you know, I remember we won the first game. I scored the game winning goal in my first shot, first game, uh, against Bill Smith and, uh, played with, uh, Bill, Bill, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Clark and Reggie Leach on the line. And then, then I switched after that to Kenny Linsman and, uh, and Kenny and Paul Paul Holmgren and Bill Barber took over my place. But, you know, I won, uh, you know, first game, I scored a goal and had an assist, you know, good way to get started. And then, and then we lost nine to two. And so I was like, oh, my God, is this is what uh, the NHL is going to be like? And uh, and then we went 35 without a loss, which wow. was amazing. And it's the record is still today, probably won't ever be broken. And then uh, then we went then, then my first year went to the finals in, the, in my uh, first season as a rookie and we lost to the Islanders that year. Otherwise, uh, if, if it's, it's not an overtime goal, uh, we probably win uh, in game seven, uh, but uh, you know, it didn't work. And, but I, it was a good start for me just to get started uh, with, with my career with 75, 70, 74 without a loss. And then the Stanley cup finals. That's amazing. Um, not to pick at that scab, but I was born in 74. So I was born right between the two Flyers uh, championships, Stanley Cups. So I am obviously like married to the Flyers. I bleed orange and black. Well, you were born in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, yes, I was born you in Philadelphia You were born and raised well. in Philly, right? And um, the 1980 Islander, was it the offside? Was that the infamous offside call that, 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 the fan, that didn't happen and they scored a goal off of it? Well, that was one, but uh, I think a lot of people kept thinking that the overtime goal was offside. It wasn't, but the other game, the goal that to tie the game at two apiece was uh, Stutter, Stutter uh, and I was, I was right there, but it was like two feet off, and so like everyone just stopped, and then and then it kept playing, and then it was like then and then they scored, and otherwise it could have made a big difference. But you know, at you know at that time, you know you don't worry about worry about it. Like you know, we were tied. Uh, in, in the in the after the game and then so uh, you know I you know I knew that we had to win uh, to force a game seven and uh, and unfortunately the Islanders won in overtime oh wow that's a great story so after after that tell us about a little bit about your career with the Flyers in the 80s because you had a lot of success there as well all throughout the 80s yeah, so like uh, as I said, uh, you know, I was with the Flyers from '79 to '90, uh, eleven years, and uh, you know, had good coaches. Pat Quinn was a good coach, and then McCann, McCammon was there. I, I didn't like him, and then uh, Keenan was there for four years, and then Paul Holmgren at the end. Uh, so I had good coaching, but the the thing about the Flyers is that they draft people with uh, character. So they put the team together, knowing the character can be a big difference. And uh, and then, of course, with Bob Clark starting and, uh, you know, Bill Barber and uh, you know, and myself and then other leaders, uh, you know, then uh, then then for after 55 years, like Bobby Clark uh, was the GM. And then we had uh, Mark Howe and Dave Poulin and myself kind of were leaders and Brad McCrimmon, of course. Uh, but we, uh, we, we took care of our own team. We, they didn't have to worry about what we did because we were so good and uh, disciplined. And uh, so, so that made a big difference with the, the leadership that we, we had at that time. So that's why we won all the time. And, uh, you know, so like in a, we went to the finals in 85 and then 87. And then uh, and Pelly died in 85 after the season. 
And then Hextall started in 87. So, you know, we had good goalies and uh, we, we had a, a good chance to win. But the Islanders, like they won four in a row. They were really tough to play on. And then we they switched the, the conference uh, after the second round. Uh, so like uh, otherwise, you know, we, we ran into each other too much. And then Edmonton was too strong and after that for eight for four years. And so it was tough to win at that time because the, so those best teams were, were there for so many years. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just remember that uh, we, we were in the playoffs every time. And, but I noticed that, you know, I, I struggled my second and third year in the playoffs because I was expected to score and because the goalies played so well, I didn't score that much, and so I got roasted uh, in the in, by the by the press. You know, even though I was playing well, uh, but I learned a, a big lesson from that because uh, it taught me that I had to be much better in the playoffs in the first round after I lost a couple of years, and so I, I learned from that. And then I also had a chance to play for Team Canada in uh, Germany and Finland for the world championships. So that gave me a little more time to think about, you know, playing a little bit better and then playing for your country. And so like, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it helped me because I, I learned at an early age, I had to be much better in the, when the playoffs roll around. That's amazing. So the, the pressure, I, 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 like I said, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, the boo birds, right. And the pressure that you have, put on you as an exceptional player and how you can't take a day off. <laughs> how do you handle something like that? How do you handle that pressure? Well, I was very consistent. And so I didn't have to worry about that. Like I was, I was one of the best players all the time and uh, I was quiet and I, and I just, I just made a difference uh, with the, the team of how we played. And that's why I was so consistent. And that's so that people knew that we, as long as we tried hard uh, nobody would have mind. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, then uh, in the nineties, like when uh, I got uh, traded and then they, they didn't make the playoffs for five years, it was uh, bad, uh, you know, but, but I played against, uh, I was, I was in uh, Boston and I went to the finals and then I was in Minnesota for a year and then went to the finals there. And then I ended up in Hartford uh, for a year. And then I went to play, uh, play for France for a year. So, you know, I, you know, I, I continued to play better in the playoffs uh, with Boston. We went to the finals and almost won. And then against uh, Minnesota, we went to the finals and almost won. So, like, I was in five Stanley Cup finals, even though I didn't win any. But I pre -pre produced and uh, was a key factor in the whole things. And so that's why, you know, for my stats, you know, like uh, my, uh, my memory of the playoffs is key because – I'm still number one in the history of the game for left wing scorers uh, with points, uh, you know, 64 goals, 84 assists, 148 points in 160 games. And so I'm very proud of that. And, uh, you know, just uh, they won't ever let, take, take that away from me. Uh, but other than that, you know, other than that, I'm still kind of working to see if I can get in the Hall of Fame, uh, NHL Hall of Fame, because I was so quiet. And uh, but, you know, we're working on that with a couple of friends just to see if we can uh, promote it a little better and see if I can get in. Well, I definitely will be pushing for that for sure. Yeah. We'll um, vote for you. Uh, what's interesting is you, it's funny because we always look at like points per game, right? Each goal is a point. Each assist is a point. You almost averaged a point per game your entire career. Yes. That uh, that's why I was so consistent. Uh, you know, so like, uh, and, and, and uh, when I, when I, I played as a team, I didn't worry about the spot, uh, the points, you know, I could have scored more points, but you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, to win for the team. And that's why I played uh, defensive and uh, offensive together. Uh, we had, one, I was one of the best uh, penalty killers in the eighties with Dave Poulin and myself. So yes. uh, very proud of that because you played both sides of the ice and, you know, in, in overall, <clears throat> In the in the for the flyer uh, for the forwards in the history of the game, I'm plus ten in the history of the game for uh, forwards. You know, which is which is out. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of too. That is, I mean, you were one of the best two way players that I recall. Uh, the only one that comes to mind for me would be later would be like a Pavel Datsuk type, right? Just 
just someone who always was on both ends of the ice. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So like I, I was, it was good for me. And then uh, of course, I want to talk about uh, the Canada Cup in uh, in 1987. Please, that's uh, you know uh, special to me. Uh, one of the best seasons, a series in the in hockey, a three game series uh, against Russian against Can- Team Canada uh, in uh, in in September of 85, 87. So okay. uh, you know, I played with uh, Lemieux and Gretzky on the line most of the tournament. And we filled with a couple other players, uh, but we had great teams. Uh, the Russians were unbelievable because at that time they couldn't get drafted into the NHL until 1990. So, like, they uh, would have to defect if they if they wanted to play in the NHL, and that didn't happen at that time. So, at that time in '87, it was you hated uh, Russia and uh, Canada and the U.S. and so. Uh, you, you didn't know any better, but uh, you know. As, after time, you know, now it's a little different uh, with the way the world is. But uh, you know, I, and I still remember we lost the first game six five. We won the second game. We wanted to in in double overtime, so to make it six five, and then we we won the final game six five with come with a minute left, and so that was a big a fill spill a big prize for me just to be on the winning side uh, after playing uh, three Stanley Cup finals at the start. Yeah. And, and playing for your country. How, how, how did that feel playing for your country? For Everybody there, it's, it's, it plays a little different for your country because your country is, is different than playing for a team for the Stanley Cup finals. Like uh, everybody wants to win the Stanley Cup uh, as a team. Uh, But for your country, it's, it's so much better because, uh, you know, you know everybody that uh, in the country is uh, rooting for you, and so of course uh, I was able to be one of the top uh, continuers uh, for for that. Uh, so I, I was really happy, you know, with my career, especially at, at the start in the '80s. You know, it was uh, a lot of fun. You know, I had a lot of great memories, and uh, so I was very happy with my career. That's amazing. Um, so going into the mid '80s. Uh, I, I'm sure you're asked this all the time, but I can't not ask. But your celebration after scoring a goal started in about 86 or so, in the 86-87 season. Um, and you started in 79. Could you share with us what your celebration was, what it was called, and how you got to celebrate so many times? Yeah, so like uh, in the in the 80s, uh, I went to Howie Mandel's uh, – Shore show in uh, in Atlantic City uh, a couple times, and I got to see him. And I, I really liked what he did, and he's a Canadian uh, comedian, and so I really liked that. And so I went to a couple shows, and then I said, "Hey, I want to do something a little different in the <clears throat> when I score goals in, in the NHL." So I started with the Flyers, and like in about '84, I you know I uh, de- decided to take my glove off and uh, center ice and want to do something a little more uh, fun. And so I, uh, I, I did a little wave from the right to the left, and then I just said, guffaw! <laughs> a hearty laughter in the English dictionary. So I wanted something a little with more ex- excitement, and so I started with that. And, uh, you know, and I talked with Howie Mandel later. He didn't mind that I branded that. You know, I still trademarked that as a guffaw. And so... Uh, you know, he didn't mind, and he, I talked with him a couple times. And like six months ago, I was just on a shore in, in Atlantic City with him. I uh, talked with him again, you know, about uh, his health problems and uh, everything that he's doing and uh, how I had a stroke and, you know, how it can, can be different for people that uh, have to live a little bit differently. So, uh, but, you know, it was good because, uh, you know, when I first started uh, in the 80s, uh, Keenan was a coach, and so he said, what is it? Don't ever do that again. And I said, yeah. I said, don't worry about it. You know, I said, I just kept it, kept it going. And then it, it kept. I only laugh because I know the Mike Keenan of the flyers. I just know how, how he just was like, he was just a commander, right? He kind of led, you know, he didn't let you get out of hand. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that's great. So um, what's interesting is part of our connection is through my brother. And I'm, I, my understanding is my brother, you were playing for the Hartford Whalers when you scored your thousandth point. 
and my it was against the Flyers in Philadelphia. My brother actually attended that game. Is that is that correct? Yes, yes. I have. I was, uh, I was at the end of the year. Uh, you know, I, I was at nine hundred ninety eight points, and I really wanted to get that uh, milestone of a thousand points. So I ended up scoring two goals that game against the Flyers, an afternoon game as they were trying to get into the playoffs. And so they, uh, I, I spoiled, spoiled it for them. But for me, it was a big milestone for me to get the 1,000 points. And scoring two goals in, in Philadelphia in the spectrum was really uh, important for me to get. And so I'll, I'll remember that for as long as I live. Uh, you know, it's just a thrill. And playing in front of the people that I had, like last uh, – you know, five years uh, of my life uh, were of there. Just uh, a lot of people were there. You know, we uh, had a great time. You know, it just, uh, I, was, I was very happy that I uh, got that uh, accomplished. That's amazing. And I can tell you from Philadelphia, we still love you. I know, I know, even though probably that day was heartbroken for Philadelphia fans. <laughs> but how satisfying was it to, first of all, your first game with the with Hartford was against Philadelphia and your thousandth point was against Philadelphia how how did that feel for you to also be able to like play spoiler in that case too not just the thousandth point well at that time like you know you're your competitor and so like it doesn't matter who you're playing for it's you have to you do the job and so you know I you know I, I did I, I was always a, a competitor that I didn't want to win uh, to lose and so you know, you know, the Flyers were getting better in the 80s uh, and 90s. And so, like, uh, you know, they, they then they had to keep work on it. But uh, it took them a couple of years, but uh, they got leaders there and they had good players like Lindros and LeClaire. I mean, it's unbelievable that they didn't do as much as they, better as they did. But uh, yeah, you know, only one final. Having, you're having the good players, uh, you know, you, 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 you get ready for it and you can, you know, very good uh, with uh, playing against them. That's that's great. And thank you for sharing all that. Do you have any more hockey stories before we move on to your charitable events or what happened? You know, what yeah, happens? Yeah, after no, hockey? Yeah, everything that, that's all pretty good. And then, you know, I like ended, ended up uh, a year in France after I retired uh, after Hartford. I went to France for a year, which was I, I really liked that because it was uh, beautiful. You know, I just wanted to figure out what I wanted to do after after my career. And then and then I started with the Medford Ice Rink for three years, running the whole rink. And then then I did the radio for the Flyers for nine years, uh, every game. And then I was at the Judge Group for five years. And now I've been at Wolf Commercial Real Estate the last six years. And I really like Wolf Commercial Real Estate as I'm a realtor. And I've been uh, you know, with them for six years. And uh, we've set up a lot of things for that. It's, uh, you know, we, we set up a couple of uh, charity hockey games. We did four of them. Uh, we did uh, six former alumni with two teams and four goalies, and we raised money for the charities. And so we, the six charities that we support, uh, we get a piece back from the money we raise. And the, the last year, we raised 80000 for the hockey game. And then we also have a, a golf tournament the last couple of years that's raised another 40000 for the six charities that we have, too. So our, our uh, Wolf Commercial Real Estate in Marlton and Philadelphia learns how to give back because it makes a huge difference for the, the charities that need the, the money. That's great. So, Chris, I understand you yeah, like golf. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I, I was Mr. Mr. Prop. I was reading uh, all about you since I'm I'm from Southern California. So. I was not a big hockey person because the weather was too nice. So sadly, I was a Dodger fan and a Raiders fan growing up in the 70s and 80s. Um, so I didn't get into hockey until probably 92 when my college roommate was a psycho and we'd watch a Friday night hockey night on ESPN because in the U.S. Um, so I was reading all about you the last couple of days and it, boom, he's a golfer. I went, oh, yes. So, but I understand with your recent situation – now, how often do you get to go out and play golf? Yeah, I do a lot. There's a lot of charity events that I go to, especially in the summer. But uh, like last summer, like with the virus, uh, we, we couldn't go out that much. And so at the end of the year, like in uh, September, I had a lot of outings that were, were postponed and, and uh, re rescheduled. 
So, you know, I, I, I give a lot back uh, to charity golfs uh, that I play in, you know, like uh, because now like like the, the, the today's player for the Flyers don't want to pay, pay uh, scrambles. They just rather play their own golf course. They make too much money. But, okay. you know, in the 80s, uh, Ron Jaworski and, and, and the Eagles and other people that are still there, they know why they're here for the people and they brand themselves the right way. So that's why there's lots of charities, uh, events that I, that I have in the Philadelphia, New Jersey and uh, New York area. Yeah. So I used to you know, love golf. Uh, I was a four handicap, but now I'm like 15 because wow. my right hand and, and uh, right side doesn't work that well. But, you know, I can I have fun with it all the time. And uh, yeah, but it, it's, it's going really well. And but uh, golf and uh, hockey is, is awesome. Uh, I still skate. Uh, twice a week, Wednesday and Friday mornings uh, at Pensock and Skate Zoning in uh, New Jersey with a group of guys. We always have two goalies, five on five, a couple subs, uh, and we skate for an hour and a half from 7 to 8.30 uh, each, each week. And so uh, that's been really good, uh, you know, because of my st- after my stroke, like, you know, I, I still have good balance. Just that my, like I said, my fingers and the, the right side don't work that well, but uh, you know, I find out a way to, to to play a lot better. So, speaking of the stroke, would you like to share with us your experience and and kind of go through what happened for you? Because I understand you're a really strong advocate now. Uh, you you've always given back, and that's one of the greatest things that people admire about you. Do you want to share a little bit about your story with the stroke and how it happened, and and go through that? Yes. Uh, so, I had a massive stroke. And September 3rd, 2015, uh, I was on vacation with my family in Annapolis, uh, Maryland, uh, because my children were just getting ready to go to college. And so we wanted to do a trip for a couple days. And so the first day I, I was uh, doing okay. The second day I had, I had a really bad headache. And I think that it, it's because I had a, a AFib, uh, but... Uh, just so that you guys know that before that, like 10 years before that, I had an ablation of the heart, which means if you Google that, it's just uh, it burns the ends uh, of the sides out. And so like, it, it, you know, then it was supposed to be much better. But I think after time, the medication wore off. And so that I was in good shape, but I didn't notice that I was in AFib. So what happened is I had AFib, which meant that the clot went into my uh, heart to my brain and so that night at 1 30 of the night uh like i i fell out of bed uh i i couldn't talk i couldn't move i couldn't do anything i hit the side of the bed uh, all those years playing hockey i didn't lose lose any teeth and so like just it was, it was a nightmare but thankfully my family was there and uh, saw that it happened and they called uh, the hospital right away uh so uh i was fortunate to be uh, alive and with family when it happened. Otherwise, I might not be here today. Uh, so it's uh, kind of scary. Uh, and at the start, I, I couldn't talk or move at all for the first five days. And then, uh, then I got transferred to McGee Hospital. And I was there for six, day, six weeks every day in the hospital. And then I, then I was able to kind of go five days a week at, at McGee uh, outpatient, outpatient and uh, keep working on it. Uh, so like the speech therapist took me the longest because at the start, I couldn't talk at all. The only thing I could say at the start was Anne and Bernie Pront. I don't know why that was came across, but it did. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bernie, I mean, doesn't Bernie slip people's lips all the time? He's one of the greatest, isn't he? I mean, Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's awesome. And, you know, like, you know, I know I was the ambassador for the flyers the last four years and he was part of uh, that for three years. And, and I see him all the time at the show at the shore. Like he is, has a place in Avalon and I, we have a place in uh, sea isle city. And so I, you know, I talk with him all the time, uh, but he, he kind of gives back a lot too, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the, the stroke, uh, at the start, uh, was, uh, kind of, really difficult because you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it, you have to make a living. And so 
you know, you know, had to work, work on, you know, I got disability uh, after a few months and then, but you don't, you don't know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And so thankfully for me, the people at McGee and uh, my speech therapist and uh, therapist, uh, occupational and physical therapy uh, people really helped me. And then, you know, I became the ambassador for Bancroft brain injury people in, uh, in the last couple of years uh, because they're in New Jersey and I know them from before. And so uh, I live in New Jersey. So for me, it made sense to be an ambassador for them. And I do some uh speaking with uh, the people that are there. I keep track of all the people that have had strokes and I talk with them all the time. Uh, I try to give them enc encouragement. Uh, I you know, used to visit at the hospitals and but now with all the things that are going on, you, everything's more virtual. But And then we have a couple of events. Uh, we had the golf uh, tournament at the Union League uh, at the shore uh, September 25th. And then we had uh, the virtual event uh, to give back uh, to Bancroft, uh, which raised uh, almost 500000 uh, for the charity. And so after time, like, you know, we, we still have to keep working at it. But I'm on the board of Bancroft, along with my boss, uh, Jason Wolf, who just started. Uh, so we're one of the charities that we support uh, the, the people that we have at Wolf events and other events. So. Did I just hear five hundred thousand dollars was raised at the the virtual event? Uh, I think that for the golf, we uh, raised about three hundred two hundred and forty thousand just for the golf alone, uh, wow. which was uh, pretty amazing. And you know, and with that, you know, so like I, I, I give my time, but I also you know I give a donate like a, a jersey, and then I, and I uh, you know I started. Uh, I, I donated donated my uh, Gaffa cigar box, and so you know a lot of things that just may add up to help a lot. That's so during amazing. your recovery, can you tell me about the Victor? The Victor, yes. So that like for me to help with skating. Yes, sir. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, like uh, at uh, at McGee, like they had a machine that uh, that I used. Uh, so, like I I learned to skate with the world world whirler blades, and so like and uh, so they you know, just it helped me just uh, because my balance has been really good right from the start. So I'd have to worry about uh, my feet. And so I'm very happy that I still skate and play hockey. But the Venture Venture machine uh, made a big difference because you know just kind of taught yourself how to be think more about skating again. And so that's what I've done. Uh, and you know again, thankfully, thankfully my balance is still good because you know I've been doing some things that can help with your balance. And another. Uh, thing that I've sent uh, is, done is like I'm a distributor for Vox socks and in, in insights inserts. Uh, so like, and it's like, they, they cost like 30 or $35 a, a pair. And, but it really uh, helps with the balance of your brain. If you wear the socks more, it takes time. And then, and then it, it's got a, it's got a import import that, uh, helps with the balance of your whole body. And I noticed when I play golf with the socks, it makes a big difference with my balance because when I swing, it's uh, I keep hitting it straighter. And uh, so I've noticed a big difference with my balance with uh, just by using that uh, technology. And so I'll send you guys like the link after that. Yeah, please, because uh, I have a terrible slice, so I need all the help I can get. I'm also a 15 handicap, but I don't, I'm just a bad golfer, so. Yeah, well, it, it could really help. <laughs> and the only slice I have is pizza. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's okay. Uh, that's good. So what is Vox? Is it V-O-X? How is that spelled? Just so we have it for the podcast. V-O-X-X. Yeah, Vox, laugh. They have socks and insights, and they have other things that they use, too. Uh, for your, uh, for the, the, but the socks, like they have a design on them that actually after time, it recalibrates uh, your, your brain. Wow. That's, I, that's amazing. That I, I wish I would have heard of that eight years ago. Um, my other question about your, your 
therapy, whatever word you want to use, is that I read that you you do several treatments still up till today. And one of those is the Beamer, which a friend of mine is a very big fan of that. And I have used it once. So can you tell me about that? And what, how have you seen positive effects because of that treatment? Yeah. So the, so the Beamer machine, it, it helps with the circulation in your whole body. So like, uh, and every time you use it, it's a, it's a mat that's like, but, but six feet by, but you, you lie in it, uh, like every day for eight minutes in the morning and the night. So eight minutes a day, uh, and it, it, it you have diff- different levels that you set it. Uh, but you know, after time, uh, I, I sleep every night with a Beamer machine. So like the circulation, in your body kicks in for two hours and then stops and then kicks on again in the morning. But, you know, most people use the eight minutes a day in the morning and afternoon because it, it, it helps for 12 hours. Uh, but it, uh, circulation in your whole body with all the small capillators in your body makes a big difference, especially people that are getting a little older, like their feet and hands and, and uh, the, the blood flow is, it doesn't work that well. And so... Ever since I've been using it, I'm, I'm a distributor for them too. Uh, so like, it, you know, it costs a little bit, little like a lot of money just to, to get started. But the people that use it know that they, they ne- they're never giving it back. And, and it, after time, you know, it just it, it pays for itself. Um, yeah, I, I've heard amazing things about it. Yeah. And so it's, but I haven't been sick the last three and a half years using the Beamer machine. Yeah, uh, it, and I have, Tons of energy because when I skate in the mornings and, uh, you know, it just it gives me going. I, I know that when I skate, like I don't sweat as much. Like I, I don't get winded. You know, it just, it, it, it's pretty amazing. And like uh, it takes the, it can really, with the blood flow in your body, take the place of medications, I think. You know, uh, you know that's just what I'm, my, I'm, my thought uh, because the, the, the better your blood flow in your body, the better you get healed in your whole yeah. body. And then there's, there's a couple of attachments that we can use too. Like there's one's a, 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 a light, which helps with the skin. And it's, it's only like four minutes uh, at a time. And then you just you kind of rub it around. Or, and then people that have bad skin, skin it, you know, it really helps with that. And then there's a, an elbow and... and uh, it's called a spot, and there's a mat that like like about two foot by three feet that you can use. That's what I use. Yeah, use a little bit more, like for twenty minutes. And yep. so, like when I when I play golf, you know, I have, when I first got started, like I, I had a stiff, and so I wanted to use the beamer for my back for twenty minutes, and then that made a big difference because I, you know it made it much better. So. Thank all the things that I've been doing have been really helped me. So, uh, in addition, that all those things sound amazing. We're already looking these things up, looking to try to buy these. So we're going <laughs> we're going on Amazon right now. <laughs> um, but uh, do you have any other holistic approaches? Do you take supplements versus medication or anything like that? Do you have other holistic things you do besides uh, these uh, apparatus apparati or apparatuses, whatever? The- <laughs> the term is yeah, no, no. Just the only thing that I take is a, a small uh, blood thinner and a, a baby aspirin uh, every day. Uh, so because I still have to with my uh, with my my uh, my brain, I like so like I you know just uh, the blood thinner. And uh, but other than that, like I feel great. I have, have tons of energy. Uh, I'm up uh, usually in, the, in the early every morning and uh, stay up uh, you know all the time and. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have to take naps like I used to when I played hockey. And uh, yeah, but it just uh, you know all the things that I've done over the years have made a difference for me. And and also one thing that I did in uh, 2017 was I, I did the Stelsam uh, treatment in in Colorado. Like uh, they they took the stels stems uh, from my hip and put them back in my body. I got that from the NHL uh, program that they had. So they, they gave me a free uh, trip uh, or treatment for stealth salmon treatment. And I noticed that at that time, 
uh, immediately it made a huge difference with my speech uh, because, you know, a lot of these people are football players and hockey players. You know, they have bad necks and knees and uh, shoulders. Uh, so I, I noticed a big difference with my speech. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, the stem cell research has come so far and it's still kind of poo-pooed a little bit, but I'm glad that they're starting to really look at that for treatments for the future. Yeah. I read that there's 800,000 strokes per year. 800,000 people have a stroke per year. And uh, obviously I, I saw some articles mentioning you and Luke Perry who passed away. So my question is, do you think that people at a younger age are having strokes more frequently? It looks like it now, especially with uh, today's uh, people. I think that a, a lot of people are getting heavier at a younger age. They don't take care of themselves. They play video machines all the time. They don't exercise as much. And it makes a big difference. That's what I think, uh, you know, just... Uh, and uh, they're not be eating well, and uh, they live a little bit different. And so, to me, I think it's it, it's getting worse. Yeah, I know because when I do some uh, speaking, you know, I always talk about uh, FAST. But now they they did they just said it's going to be. There's another thing that they have is re FAST. So like uh, they respond a little different, and so like that's the new thing that that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, soon do you want to share a little bit about it with us or yeah i have i have fast on my list so what's the re in addition to that uh so i just heard it like uh when i was uh with bancroft we had a meeting and so like it's just uh it's it's just it's it just changed how, how it's looking like the re is uh I, I i can't remember it uh i get confused but i'll i'll, I'll text you the okay how it is again uh just sure. when i talk with the bancroft people so, because oh, Mark doesn't know, I'll let him know it. It's M. It's it's M. Like it's the same as F A S T, but there's an R E uh, associated with it too. Okay, so it's the way you recognize a stroke. It's a, it's an acronym for yeah. how to recognize a stroke. Yeah. T meaning time because it's so time sensitive. You oh need to yeah, get definitely. Yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And what. I think one of the things that stuck out to me was uh, about your hockey career. You did not lose a single tooth yeah. in your entire hockey career. And then you have the stroke and you fell out of bed. Yes. And then and two are gone. Yeah. That's interesting. Irony. <laughs> well, it's funny because I look at your also how you were brought up. Like you were raised on a farm and everything and how healthy you must have eaten, how active you must have been, how physically fit you had to have been to be able to do that kind of work. And, oh, yeah. You know, well, it's, uh, growing up in Saskatchewan, you didn't know any better. And, uh, you know, it was like, you, but, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I, we're in downtown and like, well, downtown, there's only one street. And, but, uh, you know, I skated uh, when we when it, the the pan froze we skated in the after in for lunchtime and we'd skate for like all the time and then so i then i had and then when it went to the rink in december and january uh like i went skated all the time because i had the ability to to skate a little bit more uh so that made a big difference for me just skating and getting better uh with your, your muscle muscles yeah so do you have anything you'd like to add about the charity that you're currently doing because then we can certainly move on to Wolf, and you wanted to talk about the real the real estate company as well. Yeah, so like, uh, so I, I, you know, I've been working like I've been working with Wolf Commercial, like in like where we've done a couple of other uh, uh, charities, like the the hockey and the golf, and and you know we give back from that, and then we 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 help other charities too. But I'm just a realtor, like in the way I work it with uh, with our team is that if I find a space in uh, in in the U.S and uh, know the people what i'll do is i'll work with another broker on our team and split the commission uh so like it's me uh like using my name and uh the people that i know uh you know to help us a much better but you know we do really well uh we we uh we we promote ourselves really well through google and uh we pop up number one all the time uh for 
uh, you know, real estate and things like that. So we do a lot of work with that. Uh, but, you know, for me at Wolf, it just I'm happy to be there with the team. A lot of the athletes that work on our team are like uh, lacrosse and football and, and other, other players like that. So, you know, it just makes a difference of working as a team, not as an individual. You know, and so like, I, you know, I've been doing that for the last six years and I love that. And, you know, just to, you know, to kind of to finish, you know, like uh, with Bancroft as their ambassador, you know, what I did is I started my own Guffaw cigar brand uh, from the Dominican Republic. You know, I started with uh, 300, uh, 425 boxes of 10 cigars and uh, they're limited edition numbered and a little prize in them for 140. Like that's 14 a cigar, but they're only one time. So that means that uh, once once they're sold, I don't have, they're not, they're not going to be available anymore. So I have about 150 boxes left because I've done a good job. It's it's been almost uh, five months, so I've had great support from that. But every box I sell, I give a percentage back to Bancroft brain injury people, and so that, that that's good. And they they promote it for me and. Uh, you know, and, and now I just started a five pack uh, of, of uh, for sixty dollars, and everything's online. If they want to go to my gaffasigars.com website, there's a place that they can order, and uh, shipping is free for five packs. For the other uh, other kinds of like it's uh, boxes of ten, and I have other boxes of 25, 24 and bundles of twenty five. It's a little more expensive. It's like nine or 10 a cigar, uh, but they're really good. I didn't want something cheap. That way, uh, you know, they'll, they'll keep working on it. And, uh, but the, the, the test, the taste is, is so good and uh, it's smooth and it's just, it's, it's outstanding. The people that have tried them before would keep ordering them because I didn't want something cheap. So like wanted something that would be quality. When did you start that? Well, it took me a year ago, but uh, I started a, a couple of years ago, like in the summer, like when I was with my son Jackson and Ken Dunnick, uh, former Eagle. Uh, we uh, visited Santiago in the Dominican Republic and visited a cigar factory from there. So we learned how to make, make them, uh, smoke them, roll them, uh, all about them. Uh, so I've, I've been thinking about that for a few years uh, because I like the cigar Every time I on the golf course, I uh, just wanted to try one. So I wanted to decide to make my own brand. So the way it works is that I have a licensing agreement with Vivente Cigars in the Dominican Republic, which means that I don't have to worry about being a manufacturer of, of cigars. Uh, I'm just going to be licensing through them. And so we work really well with them. Everything's online. Uh, but, you know, as people know, like uh, I always have boxes with me uh, when at Haddonfield in New Jersey. So if anybody wants, like I delivered to them and makes it a little cheaper for them. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, uh, we're going to put an affiliate link on our on our show notes as well. So you oh, can go. Yeah, right that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we're absolutely here to promote all those things because you do so many good things with within the community and the giving back. Are there still some of those limited boxes available? Because Chris and I are cigar aficionados. Yeah, we, I, I smoked two yesterday on the golf course. I lost one ball and I smoked two cigars. So <laughs> oh. it was a pretty good day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, uh, so like I've uh, so I have 150 boxes of 10 left. Uh, what I do is I usually sign them, uh, you know, be, before when I when I have them at home, uh, and uh, you know, the, I usually I put a picture of uh, my uh, flyers uh, card, and then uh, the, there's a little prize. It's like it's a ball marker that uh, people get uh, every time that they uh, order one. Yeah, Mark's we're both drooling because I'm the golf guy and he's the hockey guy, so this is going to work out pretty well. <laughs> So another thing I understood about the stroke is you said your right side had has kind of atrophied or has been more damaged than the left. Uh, you were a righty and now you're a lefty. Is that correct? Uh, well, I, not by design. Like I oh, okay. rolled with my right hand, but now my fingers don't work. So like they're, they're just pretty straight. 
so I learned how to sign uh, with my left ha- left 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 hand now. Uh, yeah, because the only the right side was affected by my the speech and the right side and fingers, and so uh, it's about as good as I can get. Uh, but you know, like I I can still every once in a while I'll go to Bancroft and do like a workout where I, where I can stretch the, the arm a little bit and the fingers. You know, I'm I I tried some uh, uh, something with my hand um, Botox in my hand. But after time, we kind of just kind of it was got a little better, but then it kind of just uh, let, kept, go, kept going back. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, acupuncture to see if I could try that. How about uh, have you ever thought about like CBD oil or anything like that? Any other holistic approaches? I don't know if that'll work because uh, like the fingers, like uh, it gets cold or they get strict, but I think that, you know, the, the vein, uh, the vein range of my fingers like uh, are okay, but uh, that it only goes so far. I think that right. the stroke in my brain like br- blocked uh, a little, 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 little things. Yeah, for sure. I, I know I work a lot with CBD oil and, uh, and I know people who had a lot of the lock hand, you know, the, that hand where the hand becomes like a claw and it's helped loosen that up. But it sounds like yours is kind of the reverse problem. You can bend them if your brain can get the signal to you. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So to go back, I'm so sorry because I would need to place an order here. Okay. So the cigar, (laughs) the, 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 the cigar, package i guess with the signature and the and the ball marker is the 140 dollars box correct yes okay perfect i'm on the page right now what it does is that uh like unless you like unless i have a bunch with me at in in new jersey if you don't if you're not that far uh like i can deliver them uh and then it'll save you 25 dollars uh shipping change charge but we are sadly that far Oh well, maybe you might we are broadcasting maybe. from Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, if you, if you order more than uh, uh, like I think more than three hundred dollars worth uh, of cigars, that it, it, then it's free shipping. Okay, perfect. So, speaking of which, because you're avid golfer, do you make it out to Phoenix a lot? Obviously, our head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. I know you played with him uh, at times, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, do you I, ever I make it much in uh, in uh, in Phoenix? I mean, it's just because you know it's just too far to go, and uh, you just. Uh, but I, I would love to, uh, you know, if if you, you, I think that you guys, if if you know some uh, golf clubs, because what I'm trying to do is set up the guffaws uh, cigars in my golf clubs. Uh, like I'll, I'll give them a nice deal if they want boxes through me. And uh, that way, like you, what I've what I've worked with uh, with Ben Rank, uh, Ramble Roof in uh, Jaworski's clubs is that I've worked a deal with them for a box of twenty twenty five. Uh, it's I'm going to charge them two hundred, which is eight a cigar, and then what they can do is they probably. Uh, they can mark them up a little bit more and then uh, they can uh, go from there. Yeah, I, I have a connection at one of the what's the I think it's the twentieth best course in the state of Arizona. So I'll, I, we can get you that offline. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, definitely. And, and if you ever do come out, please, please know open invitation. You're well, I would love to break bread with you and you know, you're welcome to come out anytime, especially being a golfer. Once, once the COVID thing kind of settles down a little bit, I know travel will be opened a lot more maybe in a year or so. Yeah. That's now, now it's getting worse again too. So like, I know that, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, it was nice. And then, uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, I just got married last September 25th. And so, you know, I just, uh, we had to be at home for the first four months, uh, and then just by together, but you know, we, we're doing well and, uh, you know, love being at home with my wife. And so it's, uh, other than that, it's been going really good. Excellent. Do you have any, uh, do you want to share anything about your family or anything else, uh, or anything else you'd like to talk about? We're here. We love the conversation. This has been so amazing for me just to, to be able to have a, a fun chat. Yeah. So like, uh, I know my, my daughter, she works at Comcast. Uh, she used to be a rower, a good, good rower, uh, at, at, at from Drexel. And uh, so she's been there for a year and a half. Uh, she works at Comcast now in Philadelphia. And then my son's and his fourth year at Rutgers, New Brunswick. 
He's also another uh, rower, uh, but he also a licensed captain in the summer and in, uh, in Ocean City, New Jersey. He uh, has his captain's license, and so he gives people rides uh, to tubing and things like that. And so I talk with them all the time, and uh, it, it just uh, and and my other brothers and sisters like most are live in Saskatchewan, except for my brother Ron. Uh, he just got a job for the. City of Philadelphia, so he's going to be here in a couple of weeks uh, as, a, as an IT guy. So, you know, just uh, stay in front of these people and uh, have a big family and lots of lots of kids, and they're having kids, so it's worth living. That's awesome. Uh, the only my last question is, uh, I read a comment that you made that during your recovery, it took, it was going too slow. And that was a difficult thing for you to do. And I, and I, I can relate to that because my recovery was, I, I wanted to get better every single day by a little tiny bit. And that was never the case. I would get better and then get a little worse and then get better and get a little worse. So how did that, the, the slow progress, how did you deal with that? Uh, so I, at the start, like I, I was impatient, you know, I, I was moody and I, you know, I did just want things to ha happen faster. Uh, but, you know, I, with your brain, you take some time to heal. So after time, I figured out how to be much patient, to be think a lot clearer and to take my time. And so that really made a big difference for me just, just by giving the, uh, the, the, the time to be much better and heal. Uh, I, people that I talk with, uh, with strokes, they want things to happen fast. And I keep telling them it's going to take some time. So you, you might not be the same. You have to take your time and really concentrate on slowing things down, you know, making it a little better. And, you know, again, I've talked with other people. I think by me telling them to slow it down and taking their time, it, it helps them think about it rather than people that want to go so fast. And so it, it doesn't happen like that, especially your brain. It's injured. It makes a big difference, you know, and you might not ever get better, but uh, you just have to think about it and uh, be clear with people that it, it's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more, but that's still, I mean, eight years after my injury, that's very challenging for me to accept. And I read an article about a month ago by a neurologist and he said, any brain injury is a lifetime recovery. And I was, I, he, I mean, obviously he's way smarter than me because he's a doctor of the brain, but that was a huge light bulb for me that, Hey, this is a lifetime thing that anybody with a brain injury is going to have to deal with. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll just keep work on it. Again, uh, we're, we're, we're both uh, fortunate that we're still alive and, you know, there's yes, lots sir. of ways to improve, you know, the, the, the things that I've done that have made a difference in my life, like the, the socks, uh, the Beamer, the Stelsem treatment, uh, you know, these, these things are, you know, that you, you're always looking for something to be a little bit better. Yeah. And, and all, and in addition to that is just the, the, charitable event the charity that you're giving back with this is just so amazing all i see is you're connected directly to stroke and how much you help others is that your best piece of advice is to be patient with that or is do you have like one of those big pieces of advice for you that you could share with everyone about that yeah so like uh, you know i think it's it's it you have to everything have to be patient and you know like what we're starting at bancroft Every uh, three months, we're going to do a video uh, with people that had brain injuries and uh, put them on a list and then they can tell their story. So and do that very, pretty quickly. Like, you know, it'll be like uh, like the, some of the meetings that I have at Zoom with the people that I know, 30 minute, uh, 30, 30 second commercial for the things that they have. And so like that's what we keep working on just to to make sure that uh, these other people that are whole held or uh, heard, you know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people after re rehab, like they keep falling down and, and not, not doing as much as they should. And uh, it, it just, it's a reminder that you have to keep up with things that you have uh, 
home and everything else that you do. Uh, so for me, uh, just uh, just trying to slow it down and take my time. I love that. I love that advice. And thank you so much again for all the great work that you do with everything. I mean, it you must be pulled in so many different directions, but you it just sounds like you keep giving and giving. And I can tell you from, you know, Chris is one of my absolute best friends. And when he went through that, I remember I, I didn't even know how to even handle it for him because I don't know what he's going through. You know, I, I can't imagine knowing what you're doing unless you've been through it yourself. Well, why don't you guys think about doing a golf tournament in Phoenix and then I'll, and I'll be there. That's a genius idea. You talked me into it. I think we're going to start typing things up right now. Yeah, I, I can, yeah, no problem. Especially this is the best time of year, right? The grass yeah. is beautiful. The weather, It's 70 degrees today. Nice. That's a great, great idea. And you're, and like I said, you're welcome here to our house anytime. And we have what, what's called the tree house is, is in Phoenix. <laughs> Chris lives in Gilbert, which is, it's a suburb of Phoenix, but I'm, I'm directly in Phoenix. So anytime uh, you want to come out, like I said, I think Chris and I are going to start brainstorming about maybe getting a tournament together. We'd, we would yeah, love that. Yeah, that yeah, would find some sponsors. Uh, if you get the right sponsors and maybe you can find a cigar uh, sponsor that uh, then the, and they, they give it a little bit back and the, the, where, where the place is, you know, how it works and, uh, you know, how much it costs. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I've been involved with a few before. So, I mean, I kind of know, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I do know the ropes a bit. So I think that's a great idea. And I'm an idiot for never thinking of it before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, is, is there anything else you'd like to share? I mean, we're, we're about an hour in. I, I am so grateful for your time. I'm sure we could share stories over over non-alcoholic beverages all day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah. Right there. yeah. There's lots of stories. Uh, you know, just have to take the time and, uh, you know, just uh, get, keep, keep, keep up with it. You know, so, but you guys will know that you have my numbers and uh, you can call me at any time you want. Uh, you know, and I'll, you know, we, we'd always talk about it later. Absolutely. And, and if there's anything you ever wanted to share, you, you have our number as well. So yeah. feel free. Um, we, we, we just started about five months ago, but we're starting to get a little bit of, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of attraction going. And part of our, the reason we're doing this is because we care about people and we want people to be better. And we want to share our experience with our life to help others with their, with their challenges. Yeah, that's good. So once again, Mr. Prop, proper, Brian, <laughs> thank you so much for, for being a part of this today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, can't thank you enough. Appreciate right. it. Thank you so much.